Pastor Xavier Reese and the power of the Word. Do you think this is just kind of an empty book or do you believe it's the Word of God? Do you believe it could change your marriage? Do you believe it could change your heart? Do you believe it could just put passion back in your marriage, give you wisdom for your children, change you around? It's all you need. You don't need more answers. You just need to be doers of those that you have. You've got to make a decision. The choice is yours. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. You've seen the infomercials. You may have even picked up a book or gone to a seminar with the words, Three Steps to Success, somewhere in the title. Well, today, as he continues his in-depth look at the New Testament book of 2 Thessalonians, Pastor Xavier looks at three steps worthy of our attention. So, take a moment, find your Bible, and open it up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 for today's Simple Truths. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. The message is entitled, The Only True Help is Prayer. Let me read our text. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. First, Paul requested prayer for the human instrument. Secondly, Paul requested prayer for the word to be effective. And then thirdly, Paul requested prayer for protection from evil men. Let's begin with the first. Paul requested prayer for the human instrument. Paul was teaching them that no one is above or beyond the need of prayer. This is good. If you're a servant and you're going to be effective, and if you think you can do it just with your talents, your abilities, and your good looks, you're sadly mistaken. It's because you pray. God, direct me. Show me. Guide me. What do you want? When do I go? What do I say? What don't I say? Prayer. But secondly, Paul was teaching them that no one member of the body of the church can do without the help of the other members of the body or think himself to be more important. We all need one another. We all affect one another. We need to understand that. Now notice secondly, Paul requested prayer for the word to be effective. That the word of the Lord may run swift and be glorified just as it is with you. First of all, the petition was that the word of God have victory in men's hearts. The method was by the word of the Lord, speaking of the gospel. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save men, Paul tells the Corinthians. Not the preaching of foolishness. Here he's personifying the word of God or the gospel as running through the land, having victory in the hearts of lost men, winning them. The gospel wants to win the heart of men. By the way, the verb is in the present tense indicating continuous progress in winning the hearts. Pray that it continually be going on. This should be our prayer as a body. As people come, the word ran swiftly, unhindered, and triumphed over their lives of sin, convincing them of their sin, convicting them of their rebellion, saving them and turning them around. Is this what has happened to your life? Or have you just kind of mellowed out? 
You just change a couple of things. Take a couple of dirty pictures off the wall and put a couple of halo pictures up there. <laughs> or have you allowed Jesus to clean up the whole closet? You see, the effectiveness of the gospel in Europe was by God's direction through prayer and obedience of the man Paul as you look through Acts. It was all through prayer. How was Paul sent on the first missionary journey? The Holy Spirit says, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work of ministry which I have called him. Through prayer. Do you think this is just kind of a nifty book or do you believe it's the word of God? Do you believe it could change your marriage? Do you believe it could change your heart? Do you believe it could just put passion back in your marriage? Give you wisdom for your children? Change you around? It's all or none. You can't have it both ways. You've got to make a decision. Isaiah the prophet puts it this way in Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The word of God judges a person of rebellion against God for rejecting the word. Be sure you understand me. God will not force you to decide, though He will give you the ability to decide. And if you decide to not believe, you've decided to remain in your rebellion against God. And the Word of God will judge you for that. If you judge the Word of God to be God's Word, then the Word of God will judge your sin through repentance as you receive the Word of God to transform you. The choice is yours. You say, well, how does predestination and free will work? I don't know how it works, but I know one thing. You won't end up in hell because God sent you there. You'll end up there because you sent yourself by rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the lake of fire was made for no one but Satan and his angels. Yet billions and trillions of people will be in the lake of fire because they rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they really believe what being said today and has been said for all the ages of time. That man is basically good. I sure wish they finished that sentence. Man is good for nothing. <laughs> Nobody good. Not even your pastor. Especially your pastor. Amalek one day came out to fight against Israel at Rephidim. You know Amalek's the type of the flesh. Let me read you the record. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the mountain, the hill. And so it was, when Moses held up his hands, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone, put it under him. For a seat, he sat on it, and Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Exodus 17, 8-13. What a vivid picture of what prayer will do through the church. As we lift our hands, dependence upon God, drawing from God that He would guide us, that we can overcome the flesh, that we can overcome the obstacles of the gospel, that we can get direction from God. Listen, our hands are down, we will fail. Guaranteed. Some of you, all you need for your marriages is just a good time of both of you getting on your faces and crying out to God and having Him break your heart and pour out His love in your heart. That's all you need. You don't need more answers. 
You just need to be doers of those that you have. Our prayer should be consistent and faithful for those who are lost. He told them in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. And that petition includes all kinds of prayer. Intercessory prayer, different type of prayers. Let me give you some priorities. First, let's pray for family members. I've got family members that still aren't saved. So do you. They should be top on your list. Praying for your family. Consistently. Pray for your friends that don't know the Lord. Pray for your fellow workers. Pray for your fellow leaders, governors and all that. We're commanded to do that in Timothy. That we may receive the benefit of their decisions and live in peace. We are God's instrument to pray for the loss and see God work. By communicating to others what God has done for them as the open doors come. And they will for you and myself. First with family, with friends, with others. Even as a demoniac. Remember in Mark 5.19, the demoniac said, oh, let me go with you, Jesus. No, no, no. Go back and tell your friends all that God has done for you. God will use you, will use you. Listen, when you're saved, you look at the world a lot different. You know that the most important thing is for people to come to Christ. And you know that that's a priority no matter where you go. And you try to be sensitive. You don't push yourself. You try to be sensitive for God opening those doors. Because you know that if people die without Christ, they'll be eternally lost. Do you understand that? If you're a Christian and you're growing, that's a a fire in your heart. But also by trusting the Word to do what it says it can do. As I die to self, as I walk in the Spirit, as I yield to God's love. Romans 6, 6 and 6, 11 says, I have been crucified and I'm to crucify him daily. I have to do that in obedience. I have to walk in the spirit so I don't fulfill lust of flesh. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I have to open my heart to the love of God. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the spirit of God be love. Romans 5, 5, God's love poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit of God. I have to do that so that I am a ready instrument of God, a sharp instrument on the cutting edge. The older you are in Christ, you're a more deadly weapon for the kingdom of Satan. The more you should be able to be sensitive to the Lord. Though it gets harder because we get puffed up, so we have the, 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 the tension. We get to think that we know it all or that we know enough or we've been used. No, no, I've got to put all those things aside. I don't know enough. I haven't been used enough. And what God has done is just as great. I have to keep going. And I have not arrived. Paul requested prayer for the word to be effective. Notice third and last year. Paul requested prayer for protection from evil men in verse 2. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. The first thing Paul does is he recognizes their need of God's preservation as they preach the gospel. That we may be delivered. And the word deliver means to be rescued. Now the context pinpoints the rescue for the purpose of continuing the work of the gospel. Listen, Christianity is not fire insurance. Okay? God hasn't saved you just to keep you out of hell. God preserves you and keeps you here so that you are an instrument of the gospel. The gospel continually go out in word and in deed. The word is used of Paul of personal deliverance from 
dangerous situations. In Romans 15:31, 2 Corinthians 1:10, he says, "We despaired alive even in Macedonia. We were ready to die, but God, the God of all comfort, He delivered us." And the comfort that we receive, we're able to comfort you because we can say, hey, listen, I've been there. God works. Paul tells Timothy, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12. Are the same mouth that says if you repent, you'll be forgiven and have eternal life? The same mouth says that you will suffer persecution as a godly person. You got to take the whole counsel. It's all or nothing. <laughs> you can't go choosing all the positive things. Now, notice the verb. The verb deliver also has the definite article and is used in the era suggesting one particular act of deliverance. Now, Paul the Apostle is where? He's at Corinth writing this letter. And you know at Corinth there was great opposition. So much so that Paul was so afraid. Yes, Paul was afraid. He was a man like you and I. And men who are used of God tremendously, if they get their eyes off the Lord, if they get them in the situation, they will freak out like anybody else. And Jesus came next to him up here and says, listen, Paul, stop being afraid. No one's going to harm you. I have many people in this city. God came alongside him. Acts 18, 9 through 11. And then what we get after that in verses 12 through 17 is that one particular account that's recorded there in Corinth that the Jews brought Paul before Gileo. Wanting to accuse him about the religious matters. And he said, listen, that's not me. I don't deal with those things. And they kept insisting. So he beat Sosthenes and drove him from the, you know, from the judgment hall. By the way, Sosthenes later on became a convert. <laughs> this could be the particular thing that he's talking about. Paul prayed often to be delivered. Remember Romans 15, 31? Pray that I be delivered from those in Judea. As he was taking the gift to the poor saints. Because they thought that Paul was some kind of... Jewish rebel teaching against the law of Moses. Paul knew that it wasn't safe to be a preacher of the gospel. It is not safe to be a Christian in a hostile world. And listen, our nation is becoming increasingly more hostile towards Christianity. We've enjoyed freedom. We've enjoyed the blessings. How long, I don't know. Notice secondly here, Paul identifies the enemies of the gospel from unreasonable and wicked men. They are said to be unreasonable in conduct. The word unreasonable means that which is out of place, improper or perverse. The word describes men capable of outrageous and harmful acts against others. Our streets are filled with them today. It used to be the exception. Now it's the rule. Paul himself was ran out by these type of men. Now notice, secondly, they are also said to be wicked men. This speaks of character. The first is conduct. If you have a reputation of being a godly person, but your character isn't, you're a hypocrite. Your reputation is worthless. But if your reputation is based on character, it's gold. Character is the more important thing. Today, the people 
of our society have no character. That's why we have problems in the police department with so many policemen, in fire department, in all the professional areas. Because we lower the rate and everything. I was just watching a special on the military things, how all the, the Marines and the Army and Navy and all that, they have problems with gangs. But of course they ignore and all that. Why? Because they lower the standard. They take people who have committed uh, thefts, rapes, everything else. Before you never did that. A felon couldn't get into service. To be a policeman before, man, you had to have a clean record. But we've lowered the standard on everything. We've got people of no integrity with no character. So we've got people inside who are worse than those outside. Woo, that's scary. <laughs> the petition is the model, in the model prayer of Jesus, taught his disciples, he says, deliver us from, here it is, the evil one, Poneros, Matthew 6.13. It's Satan. That's the Poneros. He is the very source of evil character and conduct. He is the God of this world who is ever trying to oppose the gospel to make it ineffective in the life of people. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Does he blind those and the light of the glorious gospel come upon them? The man Cain is described as a Poneros, the wicked one. 1 John 3.12 And notice thirdly, Paul qualifies the spiritual state of these men. Real simple. He says, for all for not all have faith. And the word faith is the most basic meaning. refers to conviction of truth of anything. Belief. The word appears 19 times in the first letter, 8 times in the second letter. It's a key word. The word is used both in both epistles in two ways. Here it is. Objective truth in the gospel. Or subjectively describing a person's exercise of trust in God. So it's objectively or subjectively. The context in our passage here is the gospel, objectively. It speaks of faith and trust in the gospel and God for salvation, but it equally includes a subjective faith who is trusting that. It embraces both, I believe. Notice their identity is in fact an explanation of reason for their being unreasonable and wicked. It explains it. Why? Not all men have what? Faith in the gospel. That's the problem. Men love darkness rather than light. Listen to John 3.19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because what? Their deeds are upon us evil. Men are spiritually dead. Ephesians 2.1 and 2. Dead in trespasses and sins. Disobedient children. Children of wrath by nature. In fact, Paul puts it this way in Romans 1.8. 18-22. Men knowing that there is a God... From creation and from conscience and history are without excuse. Listen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifested in them. For God has shown it unto them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even as eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their own thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Man begins with the knowledge of God. And he moves away from the knowledge of God. By creation, by conscience, by history. We're busted. If we cannot be accountable to know that there's a God, God would be unjust to hold you responsible for knowing that there's a God. Do you think He's going to hold one person responsible who wasn't responsible? Listen, let me let you in on a big secret. There are no victims. Nobody's innocent. You have to decide to sin every time you sin. No one talks you into sinning. You make a decision. 
You don't become a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. <laughs> Real simple. Those that do have faith in the gospel might begin as unreasonable and wicked, but they will be transformed by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul is a perfect example. He used to kill Christians. Some of you have had a radical change in your life. God has really done a work in your life. That's God's grace. His power of the gospel. You see, once you come to the light, your deeds are exposed. Once you come to the light, you enter spiritual life. Once you come to the light, you uphold the truth. The king of Syria one day asked for one of his soldiers to fess up to betraying him because his military plans were being given over to the king of Israel. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, my king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the whole words, even those that you speak in your bedroom. Well, and he said, Go and see where he is that I may send for him and get him. And it was told him that he surely was in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses, chariots, and a great army there. And they came by night, surrounded the city. And when the servant of man of God rose up in the morning, Gehazi, his servant, there was the army surrounding the city and the horses and chariots. And the servant said, I'll ask my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elijah prayed, listen, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, Gehazi, and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Wow. Lord, open my eyes to your angels, your protection, your power. Open my eyes. Don't let me depend upon my eyes. Open my eyes. The gospel is effective to man with our dependency on God for perseverance. If that was so, we would be killed. We need to depend upon Him. You remember Paul the Jews at Antioch and Iconium came by and they stoned Paul. And then after that, everybody was standing around and he shook himself off, went back in. Acts 14, 19-20. God delivered him. Miraculously, God does this throughout the world at different times. Know the people who are antagonistic as enemies of the gospel lest you be presumptuous or naive. Christians are not like they're tolerated. Understand that. Paul says, at my defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be chargeable against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever. Amen. Second Timothy four sixteen and 18. That is the confidence. I go to places that are dangerous. God's in control. People don't understand it. God's in control. I got to make sure that he sent me, though. Okay? If I'm in the wrong place, oops, too late. i got to make sure God sent me. The opposition to the gospel will only grow worse and worse. This is the needed reality in the mind of you and I. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 13 and 14. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in all these things that you have learned and been assured of, knowing that whom you have learned them from. Don't be naive. Understand the time that you're living in. Paul requested prayer for protection from evil men. We need to pray continuously. 
Paul's prayer request was for the preaching of the gospel, for the human instrument, for the word to be effective, and for protection from evil men. Three very important things that we as a body must pray for constantly. And let's see God work in a greater way than he's ever had before. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of prayer, especially for the ongoing work of spreading the gospel. If you'd like a copy of today's lesson, The Only True Help is Prayer, it's available for only $4. We can send you a copy on CD. And by the way, this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is The Only True Help is Prayer, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we monitor the impact of this outreach in your area. Next time, Pastor Xavier Rees talks about the importance of church discipline. We hope you'll be back for the next edition of Simple Truths and our final study from 2 Thessalonians. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com